broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hey, guys. Now, you know, I got a lot to lot to cover today, but um, also a lot, a lot on my mind. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 11.1 FM. Uh, just some, some stuff going on in my personal life, which if you think about it, just pray for me. Pray for wisdom. Uh, some decisions that have to be made in the next uh, couple of days here. Um, yeah, just, uh, just all encompassing <laughs> my thought process a lot lately. And then, you know, um, just a little bit heartbroken, honestly, this morning, because I, I got just a flurry of text messages late, very late last night from uh, some friends of my parents who live in South Carolina. Uh, one of their children has had some difficulties in life and he decided to uh, come out to Las Vegas um, to experience some things here and uh, was in a in a very bad situation uh, ended up uh, well a bad situation got worse shall we say last night and uh, they're, they're just these parents are, are heartbroken and they want somebody anybody you know to, to reach out to their son, but he's not wanting to be reached out to right now. And, um, you know, it just it had me thinking this morning you know, about the, the place in where we live. Las Vegas is a very unique place, and uh, it's, it's both a wonderful and a terrible place at the same time, right? We have so much here, so much that we can enjoy, uh, so many good things that we can participate, but there's also a lot of uh, a lot of evil here, and that's not unlike necessarily any other city. But people come here to seek out things uh, that they don't necessarily go to other cities to seek out. And so, um, the fields are white with harvest, and some of the stalks in that field are just super lost and need uh, need Jesus. And we are here, and we have the opportunity to share that good news uh, with people that are just here because they are looking for something that they'll never find. Uh, I don't want to say that they'll never, like they're, they're looking for something that they'll never find by coming to Sin City, right? They're looking for something that they can only find in Jesus Christ, but they don't even know that. Um, so if you think about it, pray for my, pray for my friends as well, and their son, that that situation will work itself out. So that's very, just a couple things really heavy on my, my mind today. And then the topic that we're going to discuss here to start the show is just like, it's a downer. I'm just going to warn you right up front. Like, it's, it's, it's both good and bad, I guess we could say. But don't worry, though. For the end of the show today, there are second, our second half of the program, we have Rick Green is going to be here with us. Always have a great time talking with him. So, Stick with me through this first part, and then, uh, and then I promise that it will get better. There is good news around the corner. All right. Given the potential for abortion, and thanks, by the way, for just letting me 
let me air that out there. I didn't think I didn't know if I was gonna be able to focus if I didn't just get that off my mind before we we jumped in. So appreciate you letting me just speak into the microphone. Given the potential for abortion to become a tool of eugenic manipulation, the court will soon need to confront the constitutionality of laws like Indiana's. This case highlights the fact that abortion is an act rife with the potential for eugenic manipulation, and from the beginning, birth control and abortion were promoted as means of of affecting eugenics. Planned Parenthood's founder, Margaret Sanger, was particularly open about the fact that birth control could be used for such purposes. And having created the constitutional right to an abortion, this court is duty-bound to address its scope. The Constitution itself is silent on abortion. Those are just a few of the lines in a 20-page statement written by Justice Clarence Thomas as the Supreme Court handed down a decision earlier this week on a case from Indiana and both sides on the abortion issue are celebrating portions of this decision while decrying others as not nearly as extensive as they would have liked to see. And you might wonder how that's possible based on those clearly life-affirming statements of fact uh, from Justice Thomas, right? Like, that's, that's pretty straightforward. And if you read through his whole thing, I mean, it's just like boom, 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 boom. Truth bombs everywhere. I love Justice Thomas. But uh, so, in essence, though, let me explain. Uh, here is here's what happened. So Vice President Pence, while he was governor in Indiana, uh, signed a law requiring that fetal tissue uh, from abortions be buried or cremated as any other human remains would be required to be. They could not simply be disposed of as hazardous waste or with other uh, hazardous waste. Uh, his bill also uh, determined that an abortion could not be conducted if the woman was choosing said abortion procedure based upon the uh, gender, race, or any potential disability of the child, except in the case of a lethal fetal abnormality. All right, so so Pence's, Pence's legislation uh, that Indiana put forward that he signed when he was governor in Indiana said basically those two things, remains of fetal tissue have to be treated with dignity, with respect, have to be buried or cremated, not just thrown out with hazardous waste, and that an abortion cannot happen if that abortion is taking place because of the uh, the infant's gender, race, or potential disability. If you want to argue the first one, because you don't think that fetal tissue is actually human uh, the remains of human life, and uh, and you want it to go out with hazardous waste. I can kind of, if 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 you truly believe that it is not a baby, then I could understand arguing that. But arguing that a woman, <laughs> that uh, that a piece of legislation saying that abortion cannot be performed if the sole reason of the abortion is because of the baby's gender, or race, or potential disability. I mean, that, that kind of makes us sound like monsters, doesn't it? We're not talking about... <laughs> if. Oh, man. I mean, it's just mind-blowing that this is even a conversation that we're having. So, 
Indiana's lawyers argued for the fetal disposition provision, saying an, ab an aborted or miscarried fetus is nothing less than the remains of a partially gestated human and should be treated with the same dignity. So in essence, what the Supreme Court did was they upheld the provision related to the uh, fetal material. So they said that it has to be, uh, has to be buried or cremated. They said the remains uh, would have to be treated as the bill stated, as other human remains require. In the, in, this, in the opinion of the court, they said, quote, this court has already acknowledged that a state has a legitimate interest in the proper disposal of feeder, fetal remains. The court wrote in, uns uh, by the way, the opinion was unsigned. Uh, they were citing a 1983 decision. They said the only remaining question then is whether Indiana's law is rationally related to the state's interest in proper disposal of fetal remains. We conclude that it is, even if it is not perfectly tailored to that end. However, when it came to whether or not a woman should be able to abort selectively based on race, gender, or potential disability, the court passed on that one. They took no stand. Instead, uh, they just said, yep, we're not going to take a position on this one. And they said, quote, whether Indiana may prohibit the knowing provision of, of sex, race, and disability selective abortion by abortion uh, providers since the Seventh Cor Circuit uh, was the only appeals court to have considered that aspect of the issue. They said they were going to follow their ordinary practice of denying petitions insofar as they raise legal issues that have not been considered by additional courts of appeals. So basically, they passed the buck on that one. So the fetal remains, they said, we have precedent for this. Uh, the state's interest, we've already determined in the past. And so, yes, we will leave that in place. However, on the issue of whether or not abortion may be performed based on the sole reason for that abortion being the child's gender, race, or potential uh, disability, other than a lethal uh, uh uh, lethal fetal abnormality, then we're going to say that because only one lower court has looked at this, we will not take this up because it's only been considered, uh, it hasn't been considered by any other additional courts of appeals. Now, Justice Thomas did make it clear in his statement that the court's choice not to address this issue did not necessarily imply an endorsement of said abortions or approval or anything else. In fact, he said the individualized nature of abortion gives it even more eugenic potential than birth control, which simply reduces the chance of conceiving any child. Abortion has proved to be a disturbingly effective tool uh, for implementing the discriminatory preferences that undergird uh, eugenics. Um, and he had a, he had another quote about, I'm sorry, I don't have it right here right now. Uh, I thought I had the quote, but that was, he's going more about eugenics in that part. Um, but he, he, in essence, sorry, I don't have it right in front of me. He, in essence, he said just that, that they're, they're choosing not to address that was not necessarily because they approved of it. It was simply because of procedurally, because this is our tradition, we're not going to pick this up, but don't think that that means that we wouldn't potentially in the future. And Thomas's Thomas's twenty-page expose on this whole thing just absolutely incredible. I mean, he gives a vast 
uh, history of what went down with the founding of Planned Parenthood. He talks about Margaret Sanger in depth. He talks about how abortion uh, has been used to to um, attempt to influence the racial structure of different uh, countries. He noted that uh, abortion rates for for uh, Fetuses diagnosed with Down syndrome is over 90% in some European countries, and that uh, gender-selective abortion uh, of girls across Asia has produced disproportionately male populations, which has led to fewer marriages, fewer conception rates, and in some cases, governments actually paying their citizens uh, to have children, specifically uh, to have girls. Um, And he, he just... He goes on for for 20 pages about how this is an issue, and very masterfully so. But no other justice joined him in his statement. But interestingly, Justices Kagan and Breyer joined the court majority in upholding uh, the fetal remains law, so they would be considered uh, more left-of-center justices. Um, Ginsburg and Sotomayor were the ones that uh, that voted against this. Um, and though Justice Ginsburg wrote a rebuttal, which included a rebuke of Justice uh, Thomas's statement, <laughs> though he wrote 12 pages of his 20 pages on Margaret Sanger and the racist eugenicist roots of abortion... Ginsburg did not respond to any of those points at all in her separate opinion. That is, if you're not familiar with the Supreme Court, that is abnormal. Usually when you have an opinion and a differing opinion, uh, they will point out, well, when so-and-so says this, this is why they're wrong or this is why I disagree, and here is all of the evidence as to why. Like, it's it's very fascinating to read the justices' separate opinions on different cases, um, very fascinating. But instead, what Justice Ginsburg did is in her uh, in her statement, she railed on Clarence Thomas for daring to suggest that a woman seeking an abortion was a mother. And she agreed with the court's decision not to hear the race and gender portion of the ban based on the lower appeals courts, only one having heard it already. But she also thought that it was a waste, this is a quote, a waste of federal resources for the justices to chime in on the fetal material disposal law. A waste of resources. I'm so glad that God gave our country Justice Clarence Thomas. I mean, since the passing of Justice Scalia, and arguably prior, I suppose, Thomas has just been a beacon of hope and truth on the court. And I am so glad that we have a man who isn't afraid to call a spade a spade and stand up for what is true and what is right. And he's just, honestly, he's brilliant. You know, we can talk about why we build fences around turtle nests in efforts to save the lives of, at that point, non-viable, if you will, baby turtles, and the fact that you're criminally liable if you disturb that nest and how it is that we value turtle life more than human life. I mean, that's a conversation that we can have and probably we should have and many people do have. But Thomas just turned the abortion issue on its head here. He didn't even deal with the life aspect of it. He went straight for the eugenics aspect of this. And I think that's a powerful thing. And for a black man in his position to be making these arguments and for white women to be calling his argument uh, silly, if that doesn't speak volumes, I don't know what does. I mean, you want to talk about an actual human rights issue in this country right now, 
the fact that a baby can be killed based upon its race or its gender. I mean, just toss out the life issue altogether. Whatever day or stage you think that life starts, whether conception, heartbeat, brain activity, pick your favorite. But what of the eugenics of this thing? What if that life or possible life, however you define it, what if it is being terminated because of uh, his or her race or gender? That's a scary, scary thing. And the fact that we have a Supreme Court justice who is arguing that is unnecessary and a waste of resources uh, to have a conversation as to whether or not a a woman should be allowed to abort based on those characteristics, let alone if the remains uh, should be disposed of properly. I mean, that's absolutely chilling. And I know those people are going to be like, well, that's not actually happening. No, (laughs) that is happening. In fact, in Ohio, in April, an Ohio Democrat drafted a measure to exclude black babies from being saved under Ohio's pro-life law. Representative Janine Boyd proposed Amendment 0291, which would have provided an exception for black mothers to abort their babies, and she suggested that protecting black children from abortion was like slavery. I mean, how, how have we reached a point that this could even be uh, considered. I mean, she is literally comparing the idea of stopping the dismembering of a black child in the womb to slavery. Quote, Black slaves were once treated like cattle and put out to stud in order to create generations of more slaves. Our country is not far enough beyond our history to legislate as if it is. State Representative Derek Marin in Ohio challenged these claims and said that the law should be applied to all unborn children regardless of their skin color. Now, ultimately, the amendment, her amendment, did not pass. And virtually every baby with a beating heart in Ohio will be protected uh, from abortion based on their new law. The only exception they have is a case where the mother's life is threatened. But the fact that this woman would, when Ohio is passing a heartbeat law, to literally save the lives of babies, that she as a black woman would say, well, okay, we'll let you do this, but we're going to have an exclusion so that black babies can still be aborted. Like, what in the world is going on? I mean, Margaret Sanger if she could, would be dancing on her own grave that this would even be a possibility, let alone that someone would actually put this forward as an amendment to a bill in a state legislature. It is just heartbreaking, devastating. But I I love that Clarence Thomas has opened this door and is making people think about this aspect of abortion. And I think it gives us a glimpse of where the abortion debate could be headed when it makes its way back to the Supreme Court. Because it will. It will. States all across the country are jockeying right now, some putting in uh, greater measures of pro-life Uh, bills, others going the opposite direction and trying to ensure uh, greater uh, abortion 
privilege and uh, and security. Um, but it's it's going to the, go to the court again, and I think it may be sooner than later. Um, and this is just another reason why we hope and pray. I hope you pray that uh, we are able to get another justice on the court who believes in America as a place of where we can have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that is not someone who will legislate from the bench, but that is a constitutionalist. Several other notable cases were also determined by the court earlier this week, again, to cheers and jeers from both sides of the aisle, but uh, that has effectively ended the whole Trump picks... Allowing Trump to pick Supreme Courts means that we will have an all-conservative court forever. <laughs> no, that's that's definitely not happening. Both sides, I think, are a little bit upset about that fact. But um, in Doe versus the Boyertown Area School District, students from a Pennsylvania school uh, were pushing back against a school policy to allow students to choose their restroom and locker room based on their gender identity rather than the gender uh, they were assigned at birth. And the Supreme Court, which only needs five justices uh, on board to hear a case, and with Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, we presume that conservatives have five, yet they declined the case. And another case uh, decided on Tuesday. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the opinion in Nivez, I think is his, versus Bartlett. He was joined by Alito and Kavanaugh, along with Breyer and Kagan. The case stated that if there is evidence that a police officer arrested someone based on something they said, according to Fox News, it is not a First Amendment violation if there was still some other probable cause for the arrest. Conservatives Thomas and Gorsuch concurred in part, uh, Liberal Justice Sotomayor uh, <laughs> um, wrote a full dissent. And if you look at what cases the court, the court has decided over the last uh, several uh, weeks here of this year, you will see that over and over and over again, where you would have expected, if Trump picking Supreme Court justices was going to mean that the court was going to only be conservative all the time and forever... We have not seen that happen at all. In fact, in every case almost, every case almost, that's a terrible thing to say, isn't it? Because it's not in any way true then, is it? Um, in the majority of cases, you will see that this is not happening. These are the justices that uh, specifically that the president has put in have been differing on their decisions. And we have seen some decisions go the way that the right would want and other decisions go the way that the left would want. And most often they haven't been decided by uh, one of what we would consider potentially an ultra-liberal justice uh, like Ginsburg or Sotomayor or an ultra-conservative uh, justice. It's, it's, been, it's, been the, it's been the newbies more often than not that have been swinging to one direction or the other without necessarily giving us an indication that they will be uh, strongly one way or the other. I would say Gorsuch more so has been leaning to the right. Uh, Kavanaugh has been a little more middle ground. Looks to be following in the steps of Justice Roberts potentially. So we'll, we'll see. It's, uh, it's, an, it's an interesting dynamic that we have on the court right now. And I think that the next uh, Supreme Court pick has to, has to, has to be a home run uh, for whichever party is in office or there's, I mean, it, 
it, it just it, it can really go either way uh, right now on pretty much anything. So that's that is the update on the Supreme Court, which you didn't know you wanted or needed, but now you have it and you are welcome. It's the least I could do for you today. And coming up next, we have Rick Green with us to talk about his upcoming visit to us here at Liberty Baptist Church. Yes, Rick Green is coming to see us. And he's doing some other cool stuff while he's in Vegas. And so we're going to talk with him uh, here for the remainder of the program after this next break. Hope that you will keep listening for that. I guarantee uh, you are going to like hearing from him and you do not want to miss out on Sunday uh, being here uh, for he, his presentation, he'll be speaking Sunday morning. He'll be speaking Sunday evening. We'll also have the comedian with him. Comedy in the Constitution happening Sunday night. But I don't want to give it all away. Uh, we'll take a break. When we return, Rick Green will be with us. Don't go away. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Frittle Show on KBXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. And today we have with us Rick Green. He is one of my most favorite people, just an incredible uh, speaker, has an amazing ministry uh, to not only churches, but I believe our entire country. And uh, he's an attorney, an author, formerly an elected official. He was in the, the Texas legislature at the age of 27. I'm not sure how that happens, except that this guy is really smart. Rick, welcome to the program. It's great to have you back with us. I feel like I need to get your Venmo account and send over, you know, 20 yes. bucks or something. That was great. Thank we can, you. We can arrange that. That is not a problem. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate the time to be on with you, too. <laughs> it's always, always a pleasure. You know, one of my favorite things, like you, you, um, you're obviously, you know, you're a co-host on Wall Builders Live, everything Wall Builders. I was homeschooled growing up. So basically our history curriculum, if it didn't say Wall Builders, it wasn't in the house. Um, oh, I love so, it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We did use other things. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, and Constitution sure. Alive, like, y- what you do and what uh, David Barton does, I think is just an incredible service to our country, to Christians specifically. And I just, I personally am so grateful uh, for that. So you can send me any money you want, but I am legitimately <laughs> <laughs> grateful for your ministry. Well, I, I, honestly, I feel the same way because of David Barton. I mean, I, I, I hated history in high school and college, had no interest, and somebody gave me one of his cassette tapes years ago, and oh, the wow. first time I heard history through the eyes of the people that lived it, and it just changed everything. Because instead of just memorizing dates and names and boring stuff that, you know, in school just wasn't exciting, all of a sudden it was like you were reliving what happened and beginning to understand why what happened back then actually affects us today. And, and uh, so we just changed everything. And I, I mean, God really gifted David with the ability to bring that, that those things to life. And of course, his amazing memory, you can sit down with him and ask him about just about anything in American history. And he right off the top of his head, it's just incredible. So I, I've been really, really blessed for you know, almost 20 years now to get to learn his feet and hosting the show. I get to, you know, ask questions almost <laughs> every day and learn something new every day. And, uh, doing that constitutional live, same thing. Just you know, getting to sit there in, in the library with him and um, get get just so much wisdom and and, uh, and knowledge that uh, that has that religious foundation. It was it was incredible. So I'm really blessed to get to do what I do. You are, and actually, I'm going to just segue right from what you just said because this is this is where I wanted to start today. And we're going to talk. You're actually coming to Las Vegas here in just a couple of days, and we're going to talk about that yeah. in a minute. But before we get there, 
I I would be I would be remiss if I didn't actually pick your brain a little bit on some things because we have you here. It's just so fun. Sure. Um, and and you were just saying as as was my I mean I loved history growing up, but wall builders like you said, David Barton, and and your ministry with Constitutional Live, um, just bringing history to life and that wisdom and that knowledge that in some ways isn't always imparted to the next generation, right? So one of my favorite things is following you guys on social media. And the things that you share are things that I may have missed out on. People will ask me, well, how did you find this topic to talk about on radio? And I'm like, I didn't. Um, Rick Green found it, and then I just stole it. Um, so, but you, <laughs> but you had a, uh, you, you posted something on Facebook the other day, which just blew my mind. Um, and it was a, a study that, uh, that Heritage had did a piece about. Um, which talks about how 10% of our current college graduates think that Judge Judy is serving on the Supreme Court. And then it went on and it, it mentioned some other things as well. Um, but that statistic alone was just like, all right, okay, this is clearly, you know, clearly a problem when we live in an information age where there is more knowledge, more information available to us than ever before. And yet, in some ways, I think you could argue that we are the least informed Americans that have ever existed it's so true it's so true i mean you said it exactly right and it's i think a part of it is just we have so much information at our fingertips and it's just coming at us constantly and so we have to pick and choose what we actually pay attention to and and even what about earlier history and 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 the constitution those things have been so boring in the way that they've been presented for most of our lives that we chose not to engage there or to pay attention to that and politics always seem to be so confrontational and angry and all that so we just you know as a people we started tuning out from those things that didn't entertain us or or make us feel good and and it has caused us like exactly what you just said i think you said that perfectly is that you know we have all this information we have more stuff available than ever but we're more ignorant than ever i mean we really are because we haven't chosen to engage in those things and i think that's partly our fault as uh teachers communicators that sort of thing we you know we we've let that um, you know, frankly, be a, a dead subject uh, for too long. And so, you know, thankfully, I think uh, Barton and, and uh, others have, have brought it to life and made it more fun to learn and, and enjoy. But, man, that study scared me to death, too. I mean, it, it literally said, you know, not only the 10% that thought Judge Judy was on the Supreme Court, but 50% that said they wouldn't even vote to adopt the Constitution today. Yeah. I mean, that is a frightening statistic when you think about how important those basic principles are that the founders enshrined in the Constitution and how how they came about even coming to those ideas. I mean, for them, it wasn't an information age where everything was at your fingertips. They had to seek out and, and learn, and, and they did. They studied every society and every uh, studied the Bible incredibly well, and so they, they took the best of the best from history and designed our culture and our society with it. And yet today we 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 have no you know very little respect for it. So it's uh, as far as reason I love what you guys do. I love Liberty Baptist Church. I mean I think the Tices are are, are part of that black robe regiment that does get how important these things are yeah. and understands how to take the Bible and make it applicable in our communities in real life. It's not just you know 52 salvation messages a year and all we care about is people walking out no once you we get you into the church and you get you know, you know you understand the importance of this we want to make disciples and so they get that your station gets that that's why y'all are making such a big difference in the community and we love coming and being a part of what you're doing all right so i'll venmo back half of the 20 dollars to you <laughs> <laughs> all right deal <laughs>
<laughs> no, but uh, seriously, I think you're you're exactly right, and and we could go on through this study, but you know, rather than than do that because it, it's I, I I'll share a link to it later if anyone wants to go and read it, I'll, I'll put it up on Twitter and Facebook. Um, but it, it's 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 deeply troubling, I think, you know. And and this same article from Heritage shares a shares a quote from Thomas Jefferson, which says, "Whenever the people are well informed, they can be trusted with their own government." And I, that's so so accurate. And it begs the question of, well. What happens when the people aren't well informed? And so many times, you know, we, we look at what's happening in Washington, D.C. or in our state legislative bodies and go, these people are evil. When in reality, maybe, you know, maybe the problem is deeper than that. Maybe the problem is kind of on us, the people that us. aren't informed, right? Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, that that famous saying about we always have the leaders we deserve and, sure. and uh you know it, it, it's true i loved in that in that article from heritage though and, and and tom jipping said this on the on the air when i interviewed him was that that you know at least we know ignorance is curable <laughs> so so the good news <laughs> is the solution is i mean we can educate people to make better decisions we can you know in some ways you know it's leading a horse to water and you got to get them to drink somehow but um, but, but the good news is that the truth doesn't change, and, and the principles don't change, and the way God designed us as people and societies and, and the way we work, um, you know, as, as Locke and others would have said, that you know, the laws of nature and nature's God, I mean, those things don't change. And so the good news is when you do put the right principles in place and you get people educated on these things and you show them how culture and society can work best and you actually implement those things, you still get the same results in terms of good results. Um, and so it's just a matter of getting people to wake up. And I hope that we don't have to have too much pain mm. to realize how why we need to go back to those principles. Hopefully we can look at Venezuela and some of these other countries and go, you know what, we don't want that. Let's right. not go down that road to socialism and all these other things that nation seems to want to embrace. And I mean, there's lots of bright lights of hope. I mean, you look at the pro-life movement right now mm -hmm. and this young generation coming up and how pro-life they are and how we're winning on that issue incrementally, but step-by-step step we're winning and moving in the right direction. Uh, it gives me hope. I mean, I look at other areas and sometimes I wonder, you know, the whole sexuality thing and the transgender yeah. thing and some of the crazy stuff that's going on. Uh, and that's where I feel like, okay, well, you know what, sometimes a, a society has to feel the pain of a lot of really bad decisions to say there's got to be a better way. And that's where we as the church get to stand up and say, you know what, there is a better way. And God gave us the answers, and here's the instruction manual, and look what happens when we do it his way. And so that's that's actually kind of exciting, you know, from our standpoint, that we, we get to be ready to rebuild some from the rubble of, of what's being created by a lot of bad decisions right now. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I, I think even outside of that, if we could just narrow in here, because I know I don't, I don't have a ton of your time today, um, but, you know, there's a, there are a lot of good Christian parents, Christian families out there that I think want to instill uh, these values in their kids that want to pass on uh, the, the understanding of our history and of our past and of, of the Judeo-Christian heritage that we have. But maybe they're going, you know, I just don't know how to do this. You know, I'm at work all day. My kids are in school. Uh, how do I instill this, uh, you know, if, if ignorance can be remedied, which it can be, what's the best way, you know, and, and we're not going to be able to address today. Uh, culture and society as a whole, but just narrowing it down to what are some resources that uh, or ways that you would encourage Christian parents and Christian families to say, you know what, get your kids involved in this, or, or here are some good resources to help your, your family uh, grow in yeah. this area. Uh, so it is a great question, and, and it's uh, one of the encouraging things is how often we're getting that question, which means, like you're saying, like you've got a pulse on this, obviously, that there are a lot of parents that feel exactly that way. And so at least they are hungry. They know there's 
a challenge here and, and that they need help, we can't do it alone. And so the first thing I would say to all parents out there is be intentional. Think about these things. Work on these things. Study what, you know, what are the good tools that, that, that will get you there. Uh, secondly, get in a good local church that does biblical application. Uh, you know, obviously we're coming to Liberty Baptist, and I've been there multiple times because it is a church that's like that. But for all of your list, find a church where they're actually applying Scripture. On Sunday morning, they're actually saying, here's how you live this out in your in your life as, as parents, as, as, as business owners, or as employees. I mean, all of that application is so needed. And so specifically to your question in the area of parenting and, and, and that, you know, finding the right tools. So whether you homeschool, private school, public school, however you're educating your kids, there are a lot of great tools that you can supplement that with. Uh, obviously, we at Wall Builders and Patriot Academy, we put out a lot of stuff that, that we think is great for you to use. We do. We try to do it in a fun, entertaining way with Chasing American Legends and our Constitution classes and all that. Um, all right, stop. You got to you got to pause. You got to pause because <laughs> I know I know what all these things are, but some people might not. So tell us about Patriot Academy. Uh, tell us about you got You got to define these for us. Sure, some people are going. Sure, Wait, yeah, what? No, what? I mean, <laughs> in fact, I'll tell you what. The number one thing I think for for answering your specific question that we put out in the last few years that that helps with that is Chasing American Legends. It's a yeah. It's a reality show style uh, kind of history mystery investigation. Uh, program that we did, and 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 it's it's a thirty minute program. It's got twelve episodes, and we take people to to all kinds and this, of really. And this cool isn't a radio sites. program. It's not a radio program. It's a it's a DVD. Yeah. Uh, well, it was on television for for a year or so, and then um, now it's just DVD. You can get it on Amazon Prime and and Pure Flix and some other places, but. Yep. Um, but it's it's literally it's it's bringing history to life. So we take comedian Brad Stein, who's coming with me uh, this weekend to y'all's church, and, um, and we take him with us so that it's fun and entertaining and exciting. But the kids love it, and and what we have found is that from little kids, and I'm talking even toddlers, up through grandma and grandpa, uh, people like sitting down and watching this because it's it's an entertaining way to learn. The kids think they're just watching a fun, crazy reality show, and then we're slipping <laughs> into learning the whole time. And so they're they're getting all these little golden things about the foundation of the of the country. So it's a great place to start. It's called Chasing American Legends, and uh, you can get it on Amazon Prime, on Pure Flix, and then at, at our website at, at patriotacademy.com or wallbuilders.com. And then you and Patriot Academy, that's our, our program for older students. That's 16 to 25 years old. They come to a state capitol with us for a week. They, they live the life of a legislator, so they're on the real house floor in the real committee rooms debating with other young people from around the country. And that age range is, is that high school, college, law school, um, kind of early in life, early 20s, really figuring out what they really believe and how to apply it. So that's why we picked that target range, and we put them in what we call a leadership laboratory, kind of the crucible of a, of a legislative session and make them figure out how to apply what they really believe. And then we challenge that, and we, and we use the founding principles. We call them the lift principles, uh, limited government, individual liberties, free enterprise, and timeless truths. And we use that to guide the students through that legislative session. Uh, we do it all over the country, but the closest one uh, to you guys is going to be Phoenix in Arizona. We're actually there just in uh, about three weeks, and there's still room. So if students want to apply for that, 16 to 25 years old, uh, jump online today because they got to get all this paperwork in before you know get the rooms and all that reserved. Um, and it's uh, it's at the Capitol in in Phoenix. So we also do one here in Texas, our National Academy, and that's at the first week of August, uh, and that one's a, a week long. And of course, everybody needs to come to the mecca of freedom, Texas, <laughs> um, at least once in their life. So anyway, so that's that, those are a couple of things I'd recommend for people to supplement with. And then, like you said, just 
you know, following on Facebook and listening to the radio program. Those are ways to, on a daily basis, get a little dose of, of good news, good information that you can apply. Sometimes there's bad news because it's a wake-up call of what's happening, but we always have a positive Joshua and Caleb approach to, hey, look, no matter what's in front of us, no matter what we see around us, you know, God's given us this land. He's still sovereign. He's still true. His principles are still true. And our joy does not come based on who's winning political battles or what's going on around us. Our joy is based on our salvation. It's based on whose we are. Right. So we can actually be what Ronald Reagan called happy warriors out to take back a country and a world to freedom. And uh, that's what we try to do on a daily basis and, and, and instill people with a little inspiration to go do those things. Yeah, and it's patriotacademy.com if you're interested in having your students participate in that uh, endeavor down in Arizona in a few weeks or in, obviously, Freedom's Mecca of Texas. Uh, we'll give it to you. Um, and then if you're interested in the Chasing American Legends program or you can't find it on Amazon or whatever, just go to rickgreen.com and you can find out more about that there. So you're you're coming to Liberty Baptist Church this Sunday, and I believe you are speaking in both our morning and evening services. Is that correct? Yes, yes. We're going to do uh, morning services, and then evening's going to be a special program. That's our comedy and constitution show. Yeah, give us give just give us a little preview. So if people are listening to the radio, they have a they just have a heads up on what's happening. Yeah, we'd love to. And the and the main will be we'll be talking biblical application of of, you know how do you how do you be a good citizen in in this world that we're in? How do you live out? Uh, that that biblical idea of, of fulfilling your duty, no matter where you are, no matter what your station in life is, and in our particular system of government, we happen to be Caesar. So when Jesus said, "Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's," in our system, we're Caesar. We're we're in charge. We mm. we the people. And so, how do we do that? How do we live that out? We'll talk about that Sunday morning. And then Sunday night, Brad Stein will be with us, and he's uh, New Yorker calls him God's comic. He's a great Christian comic, <laughs> good clean comedy, and and uh, just really funny and crazy, but he loves our country, loves the Constitution. So we teamed up a couple of years ago to, to put this together so that it could be a fun way to learn about the history of the country and how to be good citizens. And, and a lot of people that wouldn't normally come listen to me, the Constitution <laughs> Coach guy, uh, they would come to laugh with Brad, and so they come to laugh with Brad, and then like, like our TV show, I go slip in some of the learning. Uh, but our kids are going to be with us. They they do the singing and 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 they also help do a lot of the teaching. And um, so it's a it's a great time. It's 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 fun. It's entertaining. And and I promise everyone will leave that evening um, with you know number one being inspired to be good citizens and good biblical citizens, uh, but also with some real action steps. Some real okay. Here's one, two, three. It's not just a feel good thing. It's going to be a okay. We do. Here's things you can do throughout the year to live this thing out and actually walk out what the Bible says. Uh, it's going to be a great Sunday. I can't wait for this. But you're, you're not just in town on Sunday. I mean, you're in Vegas on Sunday, but then you're headed out. I don't know if you have any spots left, but I wanted to give you a chance to plug what you guys do out at Front Sight because I think it's just amazing. Um, oh, man, my passion here. I love this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I went out there in, uh, about seven years ago for the first time. In fact, it might have been. I, it seems like I went to a class right after I'd been with you guys on a Sunday. But anyway, went for the first time about seven years ago. And uh, I've had, I've had you know, shot all my life. I had a handgun concealed license for 10 years, didn't carry because of fear, you know, of what would go sure. wrong. And, um, you know, went out there and, and just got the best training of my life. Um, they, they do an incredible job. They train about 50,000 people a year. It's a 550-acre campus, 100 ranges or so. They do everything, shotgun, rifle, hand-to-hand, you know, but handguns, what we take people out for. And we typically combine. I do a constitution training in the evenings. And then we train with handguns uh, during the day. And so they have the experts that, you know, if you've never touched a gun before, it's a great class and designed to help you 
go in just a couple of days, be 100% comfortable and, and proficient. If you've shot your whole life but never had any real professional training like this um, that puts you in the situation, I mean, like you literally go through simulation houses and everything, uh, then you'll love it. And so it's great fellowship. It's it's a really fun time. We'll have a whole, you know, the range the ranges that will be all our people on our particular ranges. So it's our whole group, and uh, it's good fellowship, but it's really good training as well. Good constitution training. So it's intellectual ammunition, if you will. We're we're mm. teaching intellectually how do you defend the constitution, how do you know what these things really mean, and then physical training for how to defend your family. You know, Lord willing, it never happens, but if the wolf comes knocking. Making sure, making sure that you're prepared to defend yourself and your family. That is fantastic. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know if you have any spots left. Is this something you do on a regular basis? Because you guys get we just do. a phenomenal deal uh, for yeah, your classes we do. out we, there. We try to come about once a month, except for July and August. We don't step foot in uh, <laughs> Las Vegas. We let you guys melt for Thanks. those two months without us. Uh, yeah, and uh, so, but we'll be doing uh, three more classes in the fall, one in September, one in October, one in November. And um, typically they're two days. We have a two-day and a four-day option, so a lot of people travel in from all over the country. So the ones that come from a long ways, we encourage them to do the full four-day deal. But for your folks, they can just drive over to, yep. to, to front sites 45 minutes from you, so it's, it'd be easy for them to do the two-day or the four-day. Uh, but, yeah, lots of opportunities. And that one, what they'd want to do is go to rickgreen.com. That's where they could learn more about the class. Yeah. Um, it, it is. It is. Pro- you know, it's possible to get in for next week. They will, I tell you what, if they email my son, he runs this business for us. Um, it's there you go. Trey T R E Y Trey at RickGreen.com. He can see if they can still squeeze people in at the last minute. If anybody wants to go, typically it's a two week out thing. We'll see if we can get some people in. And if not, then um, September, October, November. Would love to have them. And um, we we're really blessed to get the Lord really opened a, a cool door there with Frontside for us to, for me to be their Constitution coach. And, and teach their folks on the Constitution, and it makes it possible for us to bring people for a whole lot less. That, that class is typically a thousand bucks, but when yeah. you go with us, it's only uh, ninety-nine bucks. So yeah. You go for you know ten percent of the cost. It's incredible, and you get the Constitution. Yeah, yeah, and you get the Constitution class. It really doesn't get any better than that. I would strongly encourage anybody that if you ever thought about going out to front site to do their classes, this is by far the way to go. I mean, the financial savings alone, but then when you add the extra. Uh, benefit of having the Constitution classes and getting to experience this with a good uh, group of like-minded people. I I, I, I want to do this. I don't know when I can. I have to check my calendar, but I'm hoping yeah, eventually. Yeah, you got to go with us. You, oh, I want to. It. I would love, love to do that. All right, so I have, have a question, but I know I've already taken more time than I said I would, so I got to, do you have like <laughs> three more minutes for me? Oh, go for it. Absolutely. Okay, all right. I've always wanted to ask this to uh, to David Barton, but since you're here, um, I'm not going to say that you're the next best thing because you, you're you're clearly you know on the same level. But my question is, what is your favorite untold story, if you will, in American history? Oh wow! Oh man, uh, we got to we got to find some really cool ones during our show. So that was that was one of the cool things about Chasing American Legends was we got to um, literally go to those locations, investigate, read the old you know the documents on them and everything so we found some pretty cool ones um I, I'm, I'm a little bit partial to um a couple of young ladies in the revolutionary war that were 15 and 16 uh dicey langston was 15 and, and sybil ludington 16 uh, because i think their stories are so amazing and it it kind of it kind of chops the legs off of any uh self-doubt or fear that any of us have where we say well i'm too old or i'm too young or i'm a guy or i'm a girl or i'm you know whatever excuse we have for saying god can't use me i messed mm. up too much and and you know all those things that we tell ourselves to keep 
uh, from taking action. And their stories are just so out of the box um, as young girls at a time when, you know, if you were the girl, you weren't supposed to be out there on the battlefield or out, out engaged in, in the espionage that they were, all the things that they did to help win. Uh, and yet they just had amazing feats of courage, um, you know, and, and, and you know, folks can read about it in our book, Legends of Liberty, but I'll just tell you real quick on Sybil. I mean, this is a girl that at 16, she was a midnight rider for her father, who was the colonel in, in their hometown there in Connecticut, and the British were marching that way to burn the town, and um, he had to stay and, and, and rally the troops and give instructions, and she was the only one that could go out and muster the troops. So she rode all night long. And she mustered 500 men uh, to save their town. Wow. She rode 40 miles, which is three times as far as Paul Revere. And I'm mm-hmm. a Paul Revere fan, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. um, he's the one we talk about. But, yes, she rode three times as far at night in a storm in horrible terrain. Um, and he rode in a beautiful weather, uh, you know, <laughs> nice city streets. Um, and Sybil Ludington did not get caught, and Paul Revere did. So there you go. Who's the better man? That I ride? mean, anyway. Hey. <laughs> so there's some really cool stories like that, and uh, actually a whole other one that my daughter-in-law actually writes her story in Legends of Liberty, and it's 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 mind blowing um, the things that that these gals did, and, and of course there's it's like my daughter she'll she'll tell that story by the way on Sunday night she'll she'll tell Sybil's story, and and one of her for your listeners that aren't going to make it I want to just give her a line because Cameron loves saying this and it's so true because um, my daughter's 18, and she really identified with Sybil and was like, I listen to my dad do all this stuff and constitution stuff all the time, but what can I do? You know, I'm 16 yeah. or 17 or 18, and so over the last couple of years, that's where her mind's been. And, and she says, you know, look, Dad, for every Paul Revere, there were 10,000 Sybil Ludingtons. There were, there were ordinary people that were doing things like what she did that night yeah. uh, every day, day in and day out, for seven years throughout the war, and they're unsung heroes. And, you know, you don't get your name in the history books necessarily, but you're used by God to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. And so those are great stories to inspire us to do our part. And I would say to your listeners, no matter where you are or what you're doing, especially young people, you know, wherever God's planted you right now, just look around. There are people you can serve and things you can do. You don't have to go be president. You don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be so big that they write about it in, in, in history books, you can make a difference in the people's lives that are right there in your backyard and your in your neighborhood. So just look for opportunities and guarantee you God's going to put them in front. See, guys, it's not just history. This man can preach, too. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Sunday, 930, 1115 Sunday morning, 6 p.m. Sunday evening. Uh, Sunday evening is going to be extra fun. Brad Stein will be here. Uh, Rick's whole family will be doing a really, really fun presentation. I think you are going to absolutely love it. Do not miss out uh, this Sunday with the Greens as they are with us. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate you letting me harass you here for the last 20 minutes or so. And uh, look forward it. to seeing you on Sunday. Loved it. We'll see you Sunday. Let's do, let's do this again. This was fun. Oh, we will. We will. Thanks for listening. This has been the Fertile Show on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio. We'll see you at church on Sunday.